Hey, it's Brandon here. And before we dive into today's episode, I have a few things I want to talk with you about. So first off, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you. And I hope you can feel the sincerity in my voice here because I'm talking to you specifically. Seriously, thank you. Like if, if you're listening to my voice right now, I know who you are and you wouldn't be listening to this show if you weren't a seeker, someone that is just relentless about satisfying their curiosity and just committed to making the biggest contribution that you're capable of making. And it is, it is people like you that are honestly changing the fucking world. <laughs> and I honestly, God love you for that. So thank you so much for just being an epic freaking human. So because you're such an amazing human to me, it's a no brainer that I literally do everything in my power to serve you at the highest level possible. Cause I know that by serving you, it is a force multiplier in the world just because I know what kind of person you are. And if I'm being completely honest, I've been hiding for a while. I, I really wasn't ready for the world to see me because I didn't know who I was. And I've honestly not been ready to, to serve you or to show up at the next level. But with the, the rebrand to Beyond Curious and really going deep to figure out who I am, which by the way, if you haven't listened to episode 148 for that journey, go check that out. But anyways, I, I am ready to serve you at a whole new level in 2024 and beyond. So I have some big things that I'm dreaming of. But the thing is, is that it's not about me. It's not about me, what I want to build. It's about you because I honestly just don't want to build the wrong thing. So the thing that I could really use your help with is if you could help me build the right thing. So what I did is I put together a survey to collect your thoughts and it's just going to take five to seven minutes and it would mean the world to me. If you figured it out, I'm going to read every single response and I'm just, I'd be so grateful for your time. So in exchange for the survey, I have some really juicy things I want to give you. So anyways, I'll start off by saying if, you, if you're if you in and you want to help and support, you don't even need to hear about what I want to give you, you can head to bfo.ng slash survey. That's bfo.ng slash survey. It'll be in the show description, but you can literally pop that into Chrome or wherever you browse. And in exchange for your five to seven minutes of feedback, I'd like to give you not one, not two, but three huge bonuses that literally it took me hours to put together. And I want to give it to you as an ethical bribe because I didn't want to give you something half-assed. So when you complete the survey immediately afterwards on the thank you page, you're going to get access to this amazing bonus content. And again, that's at bfo.ng slash survey. So what the heck did I put together for you? So the first bonus is a never released episode that honestly I think is one of my favorite episodes that I've ever produced and it took a shit ton of time. <laughs> so if you've been listening to the show for a while in the first 140-ish episodes before I transitioned to Beyond Curious, I asked the question, what does happiness mean to you today to, I don't even know, over 100 guests on the show. And so what I did in this never aired episode is I took hours, it took hours of digging and I combined 25 of my favorite responses. And you'll hear responses from a seventh degree black belt, Zen master, a decorated air fighter pilot, even the 94 year old legend that invented the cell phone about what happiness means to you today. And this was just an amazingly beautiful episode that I think is gonna help you to live a more fulfilling and happy life. So that is bonus number one. And the only way you can get that is, is when you fill out the survey again, at bfo.ng slash survey. The second bonus is behind the scenes access to a one page resource that literally dozens of people have asked me for. So I've never shared this before, but this resource for the right person can absolutely save you over 10 hours of boring work every single week so that you can focus more on what you were put on this earth to do. And it is something that whenever somebody sees me working on my computer or gets access to some of the flows that I've created, they're always blown away by it. So I'm really excited to share this with you in a way that I've never done before. And last but not least, 
I put together a whole new mini course that I will literally be selling in 2024 and I'm gonna give it away for you for free. You'll get a coupon code to literally do that. But this mini course reveals the exact and proven framework that you can use to build deep relationships with the people that would transform your life. And this is the exact system that has helped me to build relationships with the guests that you hear on the show all the time. Some of the biggest name guests that have been on the show, I have literally used this framework to build a relationship with them I'm taking you behind the scenes about how you can do this for your life to build all those relationships that are just going to make life meaningful and transformative every single way. So again, you're going to get all three of those bonuses immediately after you finish the survey. All you have to do is head to bfo.ng slash survey to fill it out. Again, bfo.ng slash survey. And hey, if you decide to not fill out the survey, that's totally cool too. Maybe you're thinking, I don't really do surveys, sorry. Or maybe you're like, Brandon, those bonuses suck. <laughs> Whatever your float floats your boat works for me. But like I said, it would honestly mean the world to me if you just headed to bfo.ng slash survey right now to help me out. And whether you choose to do that or not, again, I so appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being here and I will shut up and let you enjoy today's episode. Greetings, my friend, and welcome to Beyond Curious, conversations with brave adventurers like yourself that are taking voyages into the unknown to satisfy their curiosity, fulfill their purpose, and bring their ideas to life. My name is Brandon Fong, and whether you are a new friend or an old friend, I am so grateful to have you here, and I'm beyond excited to introduce you to today's guest, Ajaya Summers. So, for example, uh, uh, like a visual level, if you imagine the deeper you go into your roots, into your unconscious, and you love, you bring your love and, and feel those parts that maybe were exiled parts or abandoned parts or, you know, and you start to bring them home to your heart, then though that intelligence is going to start to inform you and reveal to you more of what you desire. And you're gonna become more vital. You're gonna have more potency, more life force to not be so afraid of what you desire but actually have the capacity to engage, to have the courage to move towards what you desire. And then it's almost like at a certain point, your future self starts to meet you halfway. Guys, I'm so excited for you to listen on this conversation. And let me tell you a, lit, a little bit about Ajaya Summers. So Ajaya is a gifted teacher, podcaster, public speaker, and creative catalyst in the field of psycho-spiritual somatic integration. Say that 10 times fast and you get some bonus points. But for the, for the last 28 years, she has been instrumental in facilitating conscious evolution in thousands of people's lives. And she designs and facilitates training programs for professionals, leads retreats, and offers both live Live and on-group plat uh, platforms for organizations that are ecologically regenerative, socially just, and spiritually connected. And all of her programs are grounded in science, expanded through devotional practice, and made real through direct experience. And we'll we'll tie into all that different stuff in the interview today. And uh, Ajay is also the founder of a unique somatic discovery process called Core Embodiment, which is an integrated system of embodied practices, principles, and perceptual orientations to awaken and align with the power of your human potential. And she studied a bunch of incredible stuff too, which maybe we won't go into some of that stuff as well. But I'm doing this a little bit differently because I'm recording this intro. Normally I've always in, in the past done this intros by myself, but I thought it'd be even more fun to start integrating my guests into it. So I'm actually sitting here, Ajay is staring at me as I read her her incredible <laughs> bio. So Ajay, you want to just say hello so our friends can hear your voice really quick? <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to the show. 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, I always like to tell our friend listening here right in the beginning, three things that they can look forward to in today's conversation. So I'll share something that was really meaningful for me. And then, you know, you can maybe share something that was meaningful for you, Ajaya. But I just loved, I mean, I, I, I'm going to kind of cheat because I'm going to like integrate a bunch of stuff, but like hearing your story of how you went really deep into the physiolo- physiology of the body and had this knowing of of how it shows up in in the world and then once you went deep into that world going so deep as to create pilot studies and and really help other people to align with their greater purpose in life through the the vehicle of their body i know i just combined like 20 different things at once but that was just so cool to hear from me so there's one of my things i think you guys can look forward to even though that's a big chunk of the conversation so (laughs) anything that you think that would be fun for our friends to look forward to in this um well i love I loved your question towards the end about what's curiosity and, Mm. you know, just that exchange that we had uh, in where I was just sharing how to me curiosity is an aspect of love. And I forget now the inquiry, but something to do with, you know, if you if you're suffering at all in your life, it's probably an indication that you are thinking, you know, something and you Mm. haven't leaned in with enough curiosity to let it grow and evolve. That was great. That was a good one. That was a, a definition for the books. And then one final thing I'll say is we have a first on the show. Uh, Ajaya led us through uh, one of her practices. So you guys not only get to experience the science, some of the background and the story behind core embodiment, but towards the very end, we just get to kind of step into it. So if you're starting this and you're like three minutes into the episode and you're on a car ride, maybe towards the end, you might want to pause and not do that later, but um, you'll actually get uh, once you've gone through this entire experience and opportunity to actually practice this. So yeah, the lots to look forward to in this conversation. Anything you want to say, Ajay, before they dive into the rest of our conversation? Just that was a blast. That was a total delight. You are a gem of a human being, Brandon, and it was <laughs> a joy to be here with you. Thank you so much. Awesome, friends. Well, here is my incredible conversation, which I should say our incredible conversation. So please enjoy. Well, Ajaya, oh my gosh, super excited to have you here. Welcome to Beyond Curious. This is going to be so much fun. I'm delighted and honored to be here, Brandon. Of course. And like I said, before we hit the record button, it was just, I'm so grateful that we connected. And I think that in many ways, our purposes intertwine about creating more connection in the world. And I'm super excited to explore your body of work of creating connection from the body perspective of like, how do we tap into the somatic experiences? But of course, we'll, we'll get into all that. What I would love for is for people to little, know a little bit more about you. And there's this really powerful story that I came across that you shared that I think would be a great opener for this. So one, one night you're prepping to teach a biodynamic cranial course, which is clearly for people way smarter than myself. It sounds really cool. I don't understand what that is, but, but you had a full body sensation that like transformed a lot of the, the way that you understand things today. I would love for you to maybe share that story and what you experienced. That's great. I don't know where you found that Brandon, but I'm happy it's out there somewhere. Um, yeah. So I was living on a kind of a remote farm out in Northern California, and I was preparing to teach my first biodynamic cranial course. I'd been a student for a long time, but I was actually um, going more in depth into the material, obviously, to be able to teach it. And so there's this phase in our embryological development that's basically about 14 to 16 days after conception. Um, that's called the primitive streak. 
And I was reading these very, um, you know, juicy, in-depth, nuanced details around this process. And essentially what's happening, so that it's not totally abstract, is that when we are conceived, initially the sperm and the ovum come together. And there's kind of like this big bang at conception where the sperm loses its form, the ovum loses her form. They come together, there's this exchange of DNA. And then for the first couple of weeks, it's basically this protoplasmic orb of the five elements. We've got all this liquid and a little bit of crystalline earth quality. We've got a little bit of fire. We've got lots of air, space. And that little, called a zygote, that little tiny um, protoplasmic orb is just basically floating down the fallopian tube. And then right around day 14 to 16, implantation occurs where we bond, we make this bond with the leader and wall with the mother, and we're basically accepted, we're received, we're not perceived as a foreign entity that mm. needs to be removed. And after implantation, basically that little crystalline protoplasmic orb, this event occurs, which is called the permanent streak, where this, basically this line of energy moves up through the center of that orb and then descends down. And it creates what's called our our primitive midline. It's basically setting up the organization, spine. right? The spine, mm. the midline, your your channel, right? So everything starts to then um, form. Basically, your heart starts, your, your the circulation, your blood is really your first organ, and then the gut brain and the the nervous system, the brain brain. Um, so there's this moment. And the way that it's described in the literature, and this is not, you know, esoteric, you know, woo-woo stuff. This is literally in the scientific literature. Um, that moment of that ascending current and then that descending current is described as this bioelectric tone that's basically vibrating um, a stillness, a dynamic stillness through the fluids that's then basically instructing the different molecules to start to come together to create the different cell types. So it's the mm. beginning of all the different stem cells in, uh, in our bodies. And it's also called the finger of God. And I was reading this and it was like my body remembered this moment. And I was so moved and I just, it was late at night. I went outside, I was under the stars. And I literally remember feeling like the curtains had been parted and I was mm. being privy to the miracle of how we come into being, how spirit comes into matter. And it felt so like such a deep blessing to get to see and feel and remember this experience of this kind of finger of God moment. And I remember just like literally having tears screaming down my face and just like getting down on my knees and looking up at the stars and just feeling like for the first time in my life I was being seen and met and known and perceived from deep inside of me and all around me it was a very very intimate experience mm -hmm. it's so, so beautiful yeah thank you for sharing I there's a quote that comes up 
on my show all the time because I say it all the time. So for, for those that are hanging out, they're like, really, he's going to say it again. No, but I, I don't get sick of saying it. It's like a, a, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will control your life and you will call it fate. And it's like, that's become such an apparent pattern in all the conversations that I've had is like, there are these unconscious knowings that are guiding our behavior, whether they are, you know, stories from our past or stored, I guess the part of your work is like stored information in your body from the way that you were raised or the environment that you were raised. And so anytime that someone shares a glimpse of another way or a, some, something that they've tapped into to understanding that unconscious, that thing that, that doesn't really have a voice, but really like a full body understanding. And like, I can only imagine how good that felt, right? Like that's like what we're all looking for when you peel back all the layers is really just to step into that space of being seen, feeling felt, being just known that you're safe and in a, in a, in a loving spot and, and just you're you're okay for who you are and you're you're amazing for who you are. So such a powerful story. And I, I know you shared lots of biological details, which is really cool. And, and you know, I was just saying before we recorded for our friends, like we're expecting any day now. So now I'm just like thinking about baby well, and the womb and all that kind of stuff, which is okay. super cool. And 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 you you obviously you've managed to blend lots of spiritual practices with bio biology and science and all this kind of stuff. So I, I thought another place that might be relevant to share with some people is kind of unpacking a little bit about your journey about how you arrived in this space. And I know you originally growing up from what I saw is you you started studying pre-med and you wanted to be a healer in that case, but you ended up kind of burning out and moving away from that field into some other stuff. So maybe share a little bit about how you arrived and kind of left the traditional world into some of the, the, the stuff that you've been exploring over the past few years of your career. Yeah. Thank you, Brandon. It's great to um, reflect on these early experiences and memories. Well, what I just described, I, I'd actually had a series of similar experiences prior to that. Um, mm -hmm. back when I was in pre-med, I had, I think my first experience like that is I was studying the heart and it was, it was kind of similar where I was deep in some, you know, physiology and chemistry in a textbook around the chemistry, the, the semi-permeable membrane ion gates inside of her, the walls of the heart and the potassium and calcium and you know, all this complex chemistry. And I had this moment where I literally felt my heart from inside my chest, like the sentient uh, awake awareness of my heart was being recognized because I was so deep, apparently, in in studying its nature. And I had this moment, and you know, and back then I was only about 21 and I didn't have like a huge spiritual context, but I had a kind of a spiritual awakening in that moment because my heart Basically, I could see, feel my heart. That all of the what I was studying became alive as a direct experience. And then later, when I was um, studying biodynamic cranial, I would have more of these kinds of experiences. When I would go deep into the anatomy of a certain structure in my brain, it would light up like, "Hey, see me? The gig is up. I'm no longer mm. like you said, just in the unconscious." So I had a series of these kinds of, quote, awakenings where my literal anatomy lit up and I could see, feel, and experience directly what I was made of. I could experience the, the intelligence of what I was made of. It was no longer like the 2D abstract, you yeah. know, object-subject relationship. It was like I became one with whatever that, that, that anatomy was. So that was really like 
the beginning seeds of my journey because I started to realize that this was like so incredibly beautiful. It was like getting to be privy to the miracle of life. And it was so intimate. And I started to feel into the fact that most people weren't having this experience. And so mm. really the beginning of my work was trying to figure out how I could start to impart these experiences to others. Mm. And everything, that. everything kind of just unfolded in terms of the things I was drawn to learn and then embody and then implement and then synthesize. It was all about how can I create a space for other people to have such an intimate experience of meeting themselves. Mm. It just reminds me for like anyone that has like a meditation practice or whatever, there's that, you know, a, a guide to meditation or someone calls attention to a spot that you like weren't thinking, like even right now, like I'm, I have a standing desk and I'm standing with kind of one leg propped up against the, the desk and one leg on the floor. It's like, oh, there's thinking about and like putting my mind to the fact that like my foot is on the floor. And like, there's that moment of meditation where you're like, oh yeah, there, that, that there, there is that thing. But it seems like in the two stories that you just shared, it's like you did that, but it like it's a super crazy level where it's like you were like your attention was called to a very specific part of your biology and through reading it you could almost like visualize how it functioned and then you were able to like transmute that understanding of like this is how it works into actually feeling it the result of that in your body which i is is definitely a superpower of yours like i don't like that that's really cool and, and not that many people are able to do something like that but then teach the understandings of it which is which is amazing too so Thank you for sharing that. And I think it gives some color to some of the understandings that you had and how passionate you are about this. I think another great place to kind of go from here would 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 be to kind of talk where, where I mentioned a little bit before when I said it's like, I believe my purpose is to create a more deeply connected world. And the kind of the way that I've started to articulate this is by connecting deeper with yourself, it empowers you to connect more deeply with others. And I've done a lot of work to work on myself, to fall in love with myself and transform some of the, the narratives. But like I said, and you bring a whole new dimension to connecting deeper with yourself because you bring in the somatic piece of it. So we've had, I feel like we're living different expressions of a similar purpose. You know, we've, we've had someone like Britt Lefko on the show that has helped kind of reframe some of the unconscious narratives from mostly a headspace, but your somatic perspective is something that I would love to kind of uncover. So I, I don't know if this is a great place to start, but something that kind of showed up for me is a pattern I've seen in lots of the interviews and in lots of living life in alignment is being able to understand what you want and getting clear on what you want and what you, what you need. And that's a really difficult subject to unpack. But most of the conversation that we've had has been around how to like go through your stories and your past and your history and that kind of stuff. And I'd be curious to see if you maybe have some wisdom or understanding about uncovering what you want from the perspective of what your what your body says or what your mind says and some things that you can maybe share on that. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess what comes to me as you're laying down those tracks of just, you know, your orientation is that what you want is really to me comes from the heart's desire. And that's a relationship to your soul. So I like thinking of the perspective of desire is what we are. It's hmm. it's what it's what brought us here. Like we have this desire, this this original desire to be, to to come through your particular parents, to come through this particular time on planet Earth, this phase of evolution. Right? If we if we believe that on some level we're involved, we participate and choose come here to be here right so that that thrust of that original desire to be to be me be you 
to come through this particular lineage and ancestry and you know right so i think it's it, it's about really um to know what you want you have to actually connect with who you are hmm. they're they're really kind of one and the same i think and the beauty of desire and tracking your relationship to what you want is that we're constantly uh, evolving and unfolding. We're not some rigid static process, right? We're not a noun or a verb. We're constantly, we're constantly revealing ourselves to ourselves. And so what you wanted when you were five or 10 or 15 or 25 or 50 are different, right? Um, but I think it's, a lot of it is about teasing out the conditioning, individuating from the conditioning of what we learn we're supposed to want based on a cultural narrative or our family narrative, right? A lot of, I think, growing up and becoming who we are is individuating from what we're not, right? Teasing mm. that out. So that that's that I want to unpack that a little bit because I think what showed up for me is I, I think I heard you mention this, the kind of like this difference between cultural anatomy and natural anatomy. So I think that might be like an interesting thing to explore. But another way that I kind of in, interpreted that too is that, or at least the way I've started to come to understand this is that like your body knows what you want. And I've started to kind of like like step when I step into my body, if someone says something that resonates with me, like I feel that on some level in my body, like I typically get like tingles down, down my arms or when I'm doing something that feels in alignment or I lose space and time, I feel like those are signals from the body saying that you are doing something that is alignment. So are there, are there specific things that we can pay attention to that are indicators that yes, we are, you know, we are doing what we want or we're uncovering or we're on track. What are some of those? And then maybe if cultural versus natural anatomy is relevant, I would love for you to maybe share that. Yeah. So yeah, cultural anatomy um, is a term that comes from continuum, which is one of the body bodies of work that I've studied and I'm a teacher of. And it's basically referring to um, how our, our cells, our tissues take on the shapes of the language we speak. So if mm. you grew up uh, in Germany, you're going to have different vocal cords and different ways that language actually uh, informs your tissues and your structure and the way that you think and the way you perceive or if you grew up in uh, in learning swahili or learning english or so there's a way that through language is one level and then also how you know the cultural mores and norms and belief systems and all of that become internalized and somaticized as part of who we think ourselves to be right mm. and so it's not about necessarily disowning you know yeah i'm not american or i'm not swa i'm not from tanzania or whatever it's of course owning where you came from and and the language you speak but it's recognizing that sometimes the culture you grew up in or the family you grew up in maybe you may have internalized beliefs or narratives and perceptions that aren't actually aligned with who you are and there's kind of that process of you know, sorting out and individuating and keeping what you want to keep and letting go of what you don't. But all of that is actually reflected in your body, in your tissues, how you walk, how you talk, how you carry yourself. And so in continuum, we actually have practices where we can dissolve um, if there's armoring in the body, if there's ways that our defense system is actually keeping us too small or too rigid. Or having us feel disconnected from ourselves or other life. So there's ways we can actually dissolve that defense structure and feel more free 
to inhabit our body, our language, our own mind, our own thoughts, our own feelings, and live more from that freedom. Mm -hmm. But I think on a simple level, what you're saying, how do you recognize, you know, like, am I, am I moving towards truth of, you know, what's authentic to me or am I not? I, I think you, you named it, you know, we can feel when it's to yes, there's basically no friction. Mm. The mind isn't super busy and agitated and creating a bunch of dust and noise, right? There's, you're in flow. When you're going against yourself, usually you don't, you're coming out of flow. You, there's noise, there's dissonance, right? We, we're trying to manage, we're trying to talk ourselves out of what we feel and convince ourselves we should do this or we should do that. Um, and, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, that's a lot of how our culture works is, and, and then at a certain point, if you're somebody who's really interested in being alive and authentic, um, it's not going to work anymore. You know, you can't go against yourself. Mm. Oh man. There's so many layers to what you just shared there. I, I love that you brought up the concept of language because I've done, I, I don't want to say a deep dive, but I've, 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 I've done a deep dive. I take that back. Like there's this book called conscious language by Robert Tennyson Stevens. I don't know if you've come across that he's been on the show. And so I, I, I've studied that. And I just love the fact that like, there's that analogy of like the young fish sees an older fish and the older fish swims by and says, Hey boys, how are the water? And then the the younger fish is like, what's water? <laughs> you know, it's like language is language is that thing that surrounds us, that shapes us, that forms us, like what we can see, what we can perceive all is a function of the language that we use, which is this thing that we, for the most part, unless you're learning a new language, the language that you were brought up in, like literally changes our ability to perceive things. And so that was really cool that to hear some of the nuances and you're thinking of that, especially like, just the idea of like the sounds that we make literally changes our vocal cords and our tissues. Like there are physical rewirings that happen as of the function of the language that we're using right now, which is incredible. I, I think maybe another thing that would be useful to unpack from this perspective is you, you talked about how our body kind of stores, stores this information. So I, I know in some of your work, you, you know, we talk about like unresolved history or traumas or, or, or patterns that are kind of within our body. So what are some ways that maybe we can maybe start to bring awareness of that as like a first step or like, what are some ways that we can kind of like sense or understand what that is or how it might feel so that we can kind of move through some of that stuff? Hmm. Well, I think on a really basic, like physiological understanding, health is expressed through communication. So whether that's a cell to another cell, an organ to another organ, um, Communication between, you know, if you're a, a being who is aware that you have a spiritual path and connection, there's a relationship in a way of like I and thou. There's a communication uh, system that's related to to nature, our our relationship to nature. Um, and basically, illness or disease is all around is is a process of communication breakdown. So, on a cellular level. Exactly what we were just talking about. If you're going against yourself, you're going against your truth, eventually that's going to manifest as some kind of disease or illness in the body mm. because you're creating so much dissonance um, inside of your own, you know, cellular matrix that it, eventually it's going to, it's going to manifest on an organ level. Mm. 
um, just like in a relationship, right? Like intimacy, connection with your, you know, with your partner has a lot to do with your ability to communicate your inside, to hear her inside, to, to get each other, right? That's what creates closeness, um, flow of oxytocin, connection, all that good stuff. Well, it's similar inside of ourselves, mm. right? And I think same, you know, we could look at any relationship to anything, our relationship to our purpose, our relationship to, you know, our path. It's also comes down to this honest relationship we have, right, with, with our truth, what's, what's actually true for us. Mm. Um, does that make sense? Oh, 100%. And, and, you know, it's yeah. funny cause it's like every, every person I bring on, like I always do this, this deep dive. And so for me, it's like, it's like spark notes test. Like, so I I'm seeing in some of your language, some of the, the, the stuff that I came across in your work and you're, you're talking about flow and another thing you're talking about, I don't even, you use this specific word, but it's like coherence. It's an alignment with your different understandings of your body being all in alignment together. So I, what I would love to do to kind of build on this is to unpack i know you've actually done some studies on on your core embodiment and and actually had people apply the techniques and measure the changes in your body so i i don't know if i'm kind of skipping a step but i think it might be powerful to talk a little bit about that study what you decided to zoom in on because i think you touched on some of that in your last answer and then maybe we can start diving into some of the the core components of core embodiment sure yeah um well basically to back up i'm sure most Everyone kind of knows who Joe Dispenza is these days, mm. right? Very popular. So about six, seven years ago, I I was living in the Bay Area and I was already doing this work, but I had a series of losses and anyways that my life just moved me to where I moved to Hawaii. And I knew that I had a deeper level of bonding with with this planet to to occur. Like I could feel when my nervous system was like hovering and I wasn't fully here and fully landed. So I spent some time just, I, I think of it like re-umbilicalizing, you know, like that implantation moment, like re-implanting with this earth. And I was also writing a book about embryology and about this recognition that, that I'd had of stages of development that occur not only um, biologically, but later are translated as a more psycho-spiritual developmental process. So I'm writing the book, and basically this practice just started to come through me as a way to get out of my head and clear up my channel so that I could receive fresh information. And it just started to um, be this practice that later became core embodiment. So. I started to share it with my students and around the same time I, I came upon Joe Dispenza's book called Becoming Supernatural and I'm reading his book and I'm realizing that basically what he's doing in his practice is what I'm doing in my practice only in my practice we work with sounds we work with particular tonal sounds that creates vibration in the body so that we can really feel for example um, back to our earlier part of our conversation, like if I want to feel my gut brain, for example, there's actually a sound I can produce that's going to vibrate that area of my body that's going to bring mm. my attention there, that's going to create more breath, more space. And so anything that's stored in those tissues that's not serving me is going to start to get freed up and create more space. 
basically for my spirit, for my presence to land deeper in my body so that I am the conscious sort of driver of the vehicle, not my unconscious driving. So I, I have a series of sounds that I work with that bring us into the, the lower belly and also the heart and also the center of the head. So there was like a few differences between what Joe teaches and what I teach, but a lot of similarities in terms of working with the channel, bringing in, in a way, positive affirmation into these centers. So he had all the technology to do all these studies on how it was, you know, upregulating certain genes and downregulating certain ones. And people are having these like profound, miraculous feelings through his practice. So he planted this seed in me that I wanted to do some kind of pilot study on my practice because I thought there must be similar results going on here in terms of people accessing flow state, which is a physiological shift, as well as states of coherence. And so fast forward some years, I've already been sharing the practice like all over the world, basically lots of people, people having incredible experiences. Finally, I did this pilot study and... We did a series of EEGs and it tested so high in flow state. And what that means is basically when you're in flow, your default mode network is part of the brain that's usually very active when we're more involved in executive functioning, you know, we're more in our thinking mind, it kind of relaxes and it allows more of your creative, um, aspects of your brain to light up. So when people are in flow, you know, it's that classic kind of experience, they call it bloom in the zone, where you know, you lose track of time. Um, I'm sure you've experienced this, Brandon, a lot in your life, just I can tell. Um, <laughs> you know, where you're just so completely in your creative inspiration that you're all thinking about being hungry and you're just all in. You know, a classic... Uh, example is big wave surfers where every cell of your body has to be completely present and engaged involved or you might die you know riding those big waves you know writers experience it um so what i started to realize was that all these years of playing in the practice and writing my book basically i was in flow and i didn't know that's what it was called but mm -hmm. i knew that i loved that space it was like you know, my favorite place to be. And so it was this really cool confirmation to do that study and find out that um, there was this really valuable way that you could access flow through a somatic practice in about 20 minutes that didn't require riding a big wave or climbing a mountain or, you know, that people could actually facilitate this by participating with their breath, with sound, with touch, with this very unique practice that I created. Mm. Um, it also tested high in coherence, which is a similar metric. It's basically just an expression of a balance inside of your, um, all of the different functionings of your nervous system, your brain, where you're basically lined up with yourself. Hmm. That's yeah. so cool. And I can only imagine how that must have felt to kind of see, like, I know that this is creating results, but then to kind of get that study back and see the coherence line up and the flow line up 
and so cool that you can drop into that in like 20 minutes. That's super cool. So what I was thinking what we could do is I'll, I'll plant a seed. It, it, maybe we can kind of conclude towards the end if you'd be willing to get, guide us through a practice. That might be really cool for people to kind of understand that. So maybe we can give some space for that at the end. But I would love to maybe unpack some of the other stuff that goes into it prior to us arriving at that at that uh, moment. And one of the things I think is really important too is the intentionality behind calling this entire thing that you've dedicated your your work to is core embodiment. Um, and I think that might might kind of unpack some of the wisdom as to like what 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 does it mean to be why core and why embodiment and why those two words together? Like what does core embodiment mean? I think a great baseline definition would be really, really powerful too. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah. Well, I think because my history, I was really just such an avid seeker from an early age. I wanted to know who are we? Why are we here? What is this about? What is this being human? What's the point? What's the purpose? You know, all of those sort of questions that I'm not the only one that's ever asked. Mm-hmm. And I spent, you know, the first couple decades of my life um, being deeply steeped in meditation practices, going on long retreats, sitting with different teachers. Um, and all I cared about was, quote, waking up. I just wanted to wake up to the truth of what I am. And in those early years, I had a lot of very profound experiences of what we could call um, you know, direct experiences of what I am, of the nature of reality, of the, of the truth of what is, of, of what I am, of what all is, right? But what I found was that then I would go back into my life. It was like I there was this gap between these very profound sort of enlightenment experiences, and then I would like go back into my life, and I would have all this dissonance in my personal relationships. And, and so for a while, I was just really um, kind of stalking, like, what is this bridge between what I know I've experienced, but I can't quite live it? Mm-hmm. And that was the time point I had. Um, I was a co-founder of a of a retreat center and a sustainable hot spring up in Northern California. And our whole dream was to basically create this place where we could have a culture and, you know, uh, an actual place where we could exhibit all these different sustainable ways of being on the earth, sustainable technology, but it also included this, this spiritual aspect. And long story short, uh, you know, after about six years into it, I had to leave the project and it was like a ma- it was like leaving my child, you know, it was mm. heartbreaking. And, but it, it pivoted my life in this way where that was, the time period where I ran into this just deep, dark night of the soul around this question of how do I bridge this gap? And it threw me deep into basically where I started studying continuum and really going in and essentially discovering that there was a bodily location, that it wasn't some abstract thing out there. And I started to find these different maps. There was, uh, you know, maps in the Vedas and the Taoist traditions in a process called the realization, the self-realization process. And I basically started to kind of put these maps together and they were all correlating that our gut brain, our heart brain, 
and our head brain, which also lines with our embryological beginnings. These are the first three centers that develop as an embryo. So I had that biological background, and now I started putting together these other more mystical references. And and then through continuum and working with sound, I started to basically verify for myself, validate for myself that the answer to my question was inside of my own midline. And the more that I practiced seating myself inside of these centers, and I, I think of it like cultivating our true seat, right? When we, when we actually take our seat inside of our bodies in the core, we access a kind of inner alignment that then starts to have our life reorganize around that rather than leaving me to go out here and try to make something happen out here, which is basically what I was doing with the hot spring project and why it didn't pan out. It, you know, sent me back home to myself to rediscover that, that original midline that my life needed to organize around. That makes sense. Hmm. I love that on so many levels. And I love the bridge between that knowing, because I think lots of us that have a meditation practice and have worked on being present and kind of cultivated, you're right. There's like a dissonance between that time when you're just sitting and meditating and then you're actually in the thing. And I think what you what you're hinting at here is just understanding those different parts of our physical body that we can leverage as kind of like anchors to bring us back into those things, what I think are is really, really interesting. So I think, uh, and I don't know if this fits into it, but you, you talked about four core pillars of, or four pillars of core embodiment. And you kind of mentioned some of those, but what are some of the ways that we can begin to tap into that understanding of what those are? And I don't know if we'll ever get to the level of you where we're understanding the intricacies of how our brain functions and we're just like living in our brain, like some kind of matrix movie. But <laughs> for those of us that don't have your superpower, what are some ways that we can kind of start tapping into those centers of wisdom um, and actually bridge that gap for ourselves? Well, I think our very basic practice is, as Western people, what I've noticed is most of us do more from our heads. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you grew up in Japan, you probably have more of a relationship to your heart, your gut brain, because they, that's a culture that emphasizes that. Or if you are someone who studied martial arts, right? So what I notice as Western people we have a journey of descending, of bringing our tension and our breath lower in the body. So just a basic practice, if you do meditate or just even when you're driving in your car or you're in a meeting, to start to have uh, an invitation for your breath to come lower into your body. So the way we're designed to breathe is as we inhale, the belly fills and expands. And as we exhale, the navel comes in towards the spine and softens. The deeper we can allow and the, the more fuller that breath is, we're going to feel more grounded. We're going to feel like we actually have a base. If you're just kind of running on on fumes of, you know, ideas and the speed of our culture, we tend to feel very ungrounded and disconnected from the earth and from our body. So that's a really basic practice. I always start people in my work basically with getting their breath deeper, lower, even down into the perineum, into the genitals. So it's like you're you're coming from this contact with your base. 
right? Mm. And then the more we fill up the base of the body, naturally, it's going to start to open the heart. And the heart will feel safe to open and to be online when we have a grounded base. So I spend a lot of time with people in the beginning emphasizing that relationship between the breath really deepening in the lower body and then starting to open the heart. And then the way that we're designed really is that as the core um, becomes more online and more there's more potency, more life force, more coherency, it's learned to then inform the brain and more of our thinking processing. It's more of our bottom-up um, orientation. Mm. That's really cool. And it, it, this is bringing me back to really early guest on the show. His name is Blair Dunkley. He's a really interesting guy that does language profiling. So he can basically tell the way that you think by the language that you're using. I guess this is kind of tying back to the, so it's really interesting and kind of bizarre to, I had a coaching session with him where he just hears you speak naturally. And then is like, Oh, this is how, and, and this was several years ago. I had the session with him and he's like, you're, he's like, you're like 90, 10. And when I said that I'm pointing to my head 90 and then my, my heart 10. And he's like, you know, if you really want to take it to the next level, as far as connection with your audience, connection with yourself, you really need to kind of start shifting downwards. And so that was like the first, like somebody was like, Oh, here's your language pattern. And here's like a, a direction. I feel like I've, I've worked on intentionally doing in, in, integrating some of that stuff, but um, that's just my personal experience of literally what you said is like <laughs> lots of, lots of head and, and you need to move towards, uh, towards the the body and then, and then move upward. So, oh man. So I'm sure, I'm sure, like I said, towards the end, we can kind of like uh, maybe do one of these practices where we're, we're practicing the breathing. Sure. Um, and, and, and so I, I don't know if this is related, but I thought this was really interesting and it's just fascinating for me. And I highlighted it to ask is so on your, on your site, one of the things you talk about is reclaiming your evolutionary self. Um, and, and learning how to connect, contact your future self, the part of you that came here to be a part of this phase of evolution and knowing you have a unique role to play. And and this to me is really interesting because I've actually done a lot of thinking about future self, especially because Dr. Benjamin Hardy has been on the show a few times. I've thought a lot about future self and I've actually done masterminds where we you know, forecast it into the future and then actually introduce ourselves as our future self. And like, there's some really cool things that I've done in this world, but I, I'd love to hear your perspective on some of the ways we've, we've talked about you know, your perspective. And I think this is a cool way of thinking about it. Like we chose to be here in many senses, like, and, and so learning how to tap into that part of us, um, you know, whether it's, you believe it's more of a, a less concrete thing or a more concrete thing, I find it to be a very helpful exercise to think about calling from that version of me that has the infinite knowing that knows all this kind of stuff and then working from that perspective to, to today. So I would love for you to maybe share a little bit, some of your thoughts on how we can connect with that more infinite version of ourselves and, and bring that into a, a practice. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think first off, Brendan, for most of us to be able to access that in a really authentic and grounded way, we have to first, in a way, metabolize our psychological self. So mm. in other words, I think most people are living out of a definition of themselves based on their history, what happened to them, the traumas, the you know, the early experiences that are essentially informing one's identity and one's um, psychological, you know, experience. So I think that it does require a, a relative amount of integrating one's story, one's one's family of origin story, one's early traumatic experiences, because all of that essentially is here to become your medicine. It's like 
you know, the various poisons or like the Hopi call it, the sacred wound. We all come in with something mm. that we didn't get certain needs met, um, certain developmental needs didn't come online, and it shapes us. And you can spend your life, you know, feeling like a victim of that and being in blame and shame and all of that, interjecting it, something's wrong with me, you know, identifying more with deficiency. But I think the design is that we do that work ongoingly and it reveals our medicine. It reveals our gifts. It, re it reveals really our blessings. Um, but if you, if you try to bypass that work, it's difficult to actually authentically access your future self because um, I think anyways, my experience, you know, they go hand in hand. So, for example, uh, on like a visual level, if you imagine the deeper you go into your roots, into your unconscious, and you love, you bring your love and, and feel those parts that maybe were exiled parts or abandoned parts, or you know, and you start to bring them home to your heart, then though, that intelligence is going to start to inform you and reveal to you more of what you desire. And you're going to become more vital. You're going to have more potency, more life force to not be so afraid of what you desire, mm -hmm. but actually have the capacity to engage, to have the courage to move towards what you desire. And then it's almost like at a certain point, your future self starts to meet you halfway. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like you're, it's like a, um, a call and response, you know, um, and I've had this relationship, you know, since I was a child, kind of interestingly, where if I was in a tough moment, I would sometimes call on my future self. I I would say, you know, 20 year old when I was five or something, you know, like, hey, how did we get through this? Can you can you show up for me right now and, and give me some assurance? I'm going to get through this. And I would literally have these experiences of like my future self almost like an angelic presence or something that would come down and be like, yeah, I got you. We're going to, we're going to get through this, you know? <laughs> and, um, that was just something that appeared. I don't know how or why, but I think it's always assured me that you have this already relationship with some aspect of my being that kind of, in a way, even beyond this incarnation, not to get super woo, but a lot of my life, I felt like I'm actually from the future. And it's why mm -hmm. it gives me context to go through some of the challenges we're going through at this phase of evolution, because yeah. I kind of know we're going to make it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I really resonate with that. Because it's like, I, I felt, you know, they say the term like old soul, like I've always been an old soul, like go back to my talk to my high school teachers, they're probably like, who, who the heck is this kid? Because I've never... <laughs> I've never, this sounds weird. I've never resonated with my age group. I think I've always like resonated with people that are at least 20 years older than me. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. I, I love that. I think it is, I would just so encourage if you're listening to this and you haven't played with the concept of your future self or met yourself midway, like you said, like I had this practice, I don't know if I've shared this on the show before. I have this practice every year on my birthday. I write a letter to myself in the future and then I reread all the years past. So like, I think I've been doing this for like, I don't know, four or five years at this point. So like I can keep seeing the letters to my myself a year older. And it's really cool because it's like, I feel like, you know, talking with Dr. Benjamin Hardy about this, it's like 
anybody listening to this right now can think about who you were 10 years ago and you could go pretend to be that person. You can kind of like jump into that. And, and that understanding is just as easy 10 years into the future. And I think the, the, the way that your future self that I've come to understand it communicates is through the format of you have to ask questions and jump into that perspective and then answer from that perspective almost. It's, it's, it's really interesting because I think, so all this to say, I would encourage you listening, if you haven't explored this, at least the way it's been valuable to me is just whatever year it is now, whether you're listening to this when it comes out or sometime in the future, like take a, you know, what add 10 years to the current year, add 20 years to the current year. And then just ask yourself what you did last Tuesday. Like, what did you do last Tuesday in the year 20, you know, whatever, whatever year it is. And then just kind of step into what that would be like, and then kind of communicate from that. That's at least how I've played with it. Um, So it, it seems like you have similar experiences of playing and interacting with your future self that's helped you to kind of move forward but yeah I, I love that <laughs> so cool Brandon and yeah I can totally see that you are an old soul <laughs> thank you <laughs> have a lot of maturity and just so much depth and you're on fire you know <laughs> thank you thank you mm. and there's one other thing I realized that you had shared that I don't want to skip past and another reason why I was so excited to bring you on is because not only is there alignment with like our purpose, there's alignment with our core values as well in many sense, at least the way that I use the word core value. And I don't know if you would say this is specifically a core value, but we, we share this core value. And what I call it in, in my language, I say it's conscious storytelling. It's the ability to take whatever thing that happens to you and transform that into something that serves you, whether it was a negative or a positive thing. Or And, and I love that you kind of talked about how the process of conscious storytelling, the process of ongoing storytelling, reframing and integrating is actually what allows you to connect with your future self if you haven't done that work yet. So I don't know, I guess for people that that are still maybe starting to aware, be aware of this or are looking for next level ways to kind of integrate some of those stories that maybe aren't serving you, what are some of the ways that you guide people through integrating some of those stories that currently aren't serving us, but we can kind of figure out a way to make them serve us more effectively? Well, I think that's so unique. Like, I I mean, what comes to me is like when I'm working one-on-one with someone and they're in the fresh, you know, experience of something coming up in their lives. Because the way the stories we know they're not working for us is there's something we're experiencing in our present life, right? That's in some way reflecting back to us, our beliefs, our perception, um, our narratives. So I think it's really kind of, unique and individual like how I would guide someone but essentially I think it always comes down to how you're treating yourself like like let's say you have a recurring pattern of some kind of um, shame or you know some kind of way in your primary relationship you don't feel met so you don't feel seen or and you you have self-worth issues or something you know, it's an indication that there's territory there that you have yet to really love. I mean, I think, yeah, it all comes down to like I'll, off, I'll often ask someone like when they express, you know, some aspect of the dynamic and I'll say like, so how do you treat yourself there? How do you feel about yourself there? And often they're not in a, a climate, I think of it like, well, I'll share this. In the first month of my core program, I call it cultivating a climate of eros. So I what I see for most people is we have a more of an inner climate of violence where we treat ourselves um, 
violently by trying to fix ourselves, change ourselves, get rid of this. You know, there's there's actually a kind of violence to it and nothing will change in that environment. Where things will transform is an environment of warmth, of kindness, mm. curiosity, care. Um, all of those adjectives land in our systems as a felt sense of love. And love, there's an eros to it. There's a, there's a, you know, an oxytocin component. There's, it's the space that things can grow and evolve and transform. So I think fundamentally people have to discover how to create that kind of relationship with themselves. If they want to transform any old patterns or narratives or traumas or, you know, that's the fundamental shift that has to happen. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, because I think anybody would agree that as a default, uh, the voice inside of your head can kind of be a dick sometimes. <laughs> you know, so it's like, what's what's that? How do you how do you make it not be an asshole and, and, and create that loving environment? Otherwise, you're not going to create this space for you to transform. So I I love that, man. This has been so much fun. I know we're kind of coming up on time. Are you down to maybe walk us through a, a practice for somebody that hopefully, obviously, if you're driving, maybe pause this and and revisit this in a little bit. But like, yeah, I think it'd be really cool for us to kind of maybe experience some of this if that's uh, something you're willing to uh, support us in doing. Definitely. I love it. Um, I'm all about experiential. Yeah. Should I be sitting? Can I stand? What do I need to do in this, in this um, experience? <laughs> if you can, if you can sit, Brandon, that okay, would probably I'm gonna, be if I, if I hear, if you hear mic noises right now, I'm moving my standing desk down a little bit so that I can, I can sit and experience with you, my friends. So yeah, here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So should I take like five minutes? Yeah. Five minutes. That feels mm -hmm. great. Okay. All right. So I would say to begin Start to allow your attention to literally just sense your sit bones making contact with your seat. You can close your eyes if you want. And just let your breath start to follow your attention. And anywhere you notice any excess tension or gripping or holding in your system, see if you can just let it go on your exhale. Maybe just allow kind of an audible sigh and ah, and just even opening the mouth a little bit. Ah, down your your jaw, unending, letting your eyes kind of melt back and down and warm. Let's take one more breath like that. Just exhaling, releasing, dropping your weight. Feeling this gravitational pull. Feeling letting our weight, the little weight of your body, start to yield a little bit more into the earth, into the ground beneath your chair. So essentially we're inviting attention to drop down and a little bit back and then and another way that we can support this sort of the downward 
dropping in is to bring some contact with your hand more around your belly. So you can bring both hands and even underneath your clothes, it's nice to make that skin to skin contact and just let your full palm, all the arms and the fingers just find a good fit. So there's that sensation you to hold them gently, hold them in your belly. And just continuing to breathe and balding the golf to come meet your touch. Or as you breathe long, we're allowing the ball to expand into your top. And as you exhale, the navel is gently softening the ego to your spine. And see if you can be really intimate with the sensation of both your hands touching your ball and your belly receiving the rhythm. So take a moment just to land in that two-wheels current balls, ball giving or top and receiving. And just feeling well, the various sensations of the ball, moving warm and out of the belly. Long each exhale, let your system, lungs, soft home, let go again, warm exhale. And then we're going to layer it in on vibe the toe down. And what the function of this is, is that our sound manifests all a very intimate expression of our own frequency. Balls gear and feel our sound vibration. We can actually feel ourselves more deeply inside of the belly center. Mm -hmm. So we're going to bring this sound ooh, a deep vibratory ooh sound and feel the sound taking you in this downward drop into your belly, into your toe. So I'm going to bring the sound through and then you can just listen once and then you can start to bring it. So we take a deep breath in and then the sound is this audible exhale. And then it's taking all their nice deep breath in and can start to drumming. Let's just continue for a little bit and the arm, pace song, and breath capacities, deep breath in. Oh. 
more times just being completely absorbed your attention all on the sensation that your loft is fine with all to pop in and still when I see song and still on the new on in this space built in and nothing and that's hell and modern ball and fascinating what's it called a few moments there in that your hands relax and you laugh we'll just take a few moments in a quality of open attention just receiving and perceiving any new flow and wealth, having spaces in the fall, pleasurable, positive sensation. Allowing yourself to simply evolve. Well, why are they well experiencing? Perhaps noticing more abortion, mortality, sensations of arousing. Perhaps that all strays more powers of light. Oh, stoop, he batted. Perhaps you notice a small capacity to be a deeper block. There's a snow thing underneath all the sensations that our lives are in the bottom. You will notice more palpable, tangible experience ever present. The you and the needs all the senses, the one experiencing it now. Form. It's so. It pulls, it smiles. That's just appreciated and involved and in this one sense of dealing with all years here in the bottom new block. 
One to complete our practice is can just bring them hands together and rub them, generate a little bit of heat. Then just bring some cut to your bottle. Little gentle squeezes, miss my ball. That's good to you. And as you're laughing, we can slow start to open the eye and just take a moment to look around the room again, locating yourself more and see if you can explore just maintaining sense of internal contact while you see the world. Becoming more reflective, receiving an environment that's so internal and it. And we'll see oh, Ben man, that was week. so cool. I'm, I'm here cool. now. I'm back. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so awesome. Thank you. I like, mm, thank you for you listening to, if you chose to take the time to do that. That was, that was really cool. That was really special. One, one, um, small question is, do you recommend, because you had, you had pre-framed it so well about the importance of hearing your own voice in the vibration. So do you actually recommend in this practice that, you know, you, you, you were guiding us through it, that you would actually mute your voice. Cause as I was hearing it, I was listening to you, but I felt the vibration of mine, or does it not matter that you're listening to yours and you're feeling yours? How would you, how'd you do that? You know, the way this practice originally is shared and taught is in a group field. And so you're actually oh, really everyone's voice and it's almost like you create a collective song. Yeah. Um, it's not about a performance, but you're actually sharing like in in a field of permission, you're you're sharing yourself, right? Yeah, and you're meeting from that internal space together. So it's actually very supportive to hear another's voice because it's almost like our bodies are giving one another permission. The deeper yeah. I go, the deeper you feel you can go. Um, as long as it's not, you know, in some way distracting you. What I often say when I teach is because I've been doing this a long time, you know, my lung capacity and my capacity to, you know, go on those long vibratory exhales might be different than someone new. Sure. And I just encourage people to stay with their capacity and their pacing. And over time, if you take to the practice, it will shift. Your your tissues will open, your vocal cords will open, your lung capacity will open. It'll become more vibratory. Um, but it's to honor where you're at. And it mm. could just even be really subtle, like that ooh sound we played with today. Could just be super subtle. The point is that it's taking you inside and you're feeling a deeper contact internally. Mm. That's really cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. I guess my uh, part of my reflection of integrating the sound, obviously this is a part of integrating sound is a, a long tested integration of that, but I haven't done it. <laughs> and so like you guiding me through that, it's like, I get this feeling sometimes when I'm talking or when I'm interviewing or if I'm on stage, that's a part of flow for me is like, I get this weird moment where my mouth is moving, but I'm not consciously processing what's going on, but it's coherent and it's coming out. And I found that through doing the the vocal sound, I, I felt that same sensation of the dropping in and out of like the, the awareness of the presence of me doing it, but then the external presence of 
an observer seeing the other person doing it. So I don't know. That was that was cool, and I I think that was special. And I love I love to the the thought of your touch being received and met at the same time. It's like the giving and the receiving all done by yourself. So it's like you're 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 kind of creating like a closed channel of energy of like feeling your body, which was really cool. So that was special. So thank you so much for showing, not telling that. And I I hope that you know, you listening, if you chose to participate, it's like, you got to, you know, hear some of your discoveries throughout your journey and, and, you know, the tests that you've done into it and, and know that if you were hooked up to uh, some machinery right now, that you would be <laughs> maybe more coherent or more in flow. So, so thank you for that. Um, I, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you said you didn't have a hard cutoff, so we can kind of start wrapping things up here. Uh, but, but a question I would love to ask that I started to ask, and I've noticed a little bit through your work, but we're on Beyond Curious right now. I would love to know in wrapping that we can find out about more about where we can check out your stuff, but what does curiosity mean to you? What is your understanding of how curiosity has showed up in your life and your work? Mm. Well, again, I think I said a little while ago, to me, curiosity is one of the core expressions of love. Um whether it's learning how to cultivate self-love or love for another or anything, if we're not curious, if we don't lean in with curiosity, we can't get to know ourselves or another, right? I'm assuming if I'm not curious, I'm assuming I know, right? Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and so it's like a closed system. So to me, curiosity is an open system. And I think you be a person who's constantly evolving and growing and learning, which I know you are, and I know I am, and that's really what so much of what makes me thrive. I I have to be constantly in a kind of an open inquiry about anything. And I notice that if I'm suffering at all in my life, I have to look at where am I, where have I decided I know something? Mm. That maybe oh, I love maybe that. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm not I'm not leaning in, right? I've I've closed the door and I'm assuming this is the end when really reality is constantly an open system. It's constantly evolving and unfolding and revealing more of itself. Um Dang, that's a that's a journaling question right there. Just sit and I want to sit and answer that one. Where have I decided I know something? That's you're right. That's so that's so cool. I love that answer. Thank you so much for sharing. That was really special. Where can people find out more about your work? I know you have a podcast coming out. If it's not already launched, where can people continue to explore your world? Yeah. Um, well, I just got a new website up and ready, and um, it's just my name, ajayasummers.com. Um, do you want me to spell that out? Uh, yeah, no, go for it. Yeah, so A J A Y A and then S O M M E R S dot com. Um, I have, I don't know when this is going to be public, but I do have a week from today, I'm doing a free four day training, um, called Embodied Leadership Mastery, and that's a great opportunity. I offer these free trainings a couple of times a year. And it's a pretty in-depth, you know, consecutive days in a row where we dive into this kind of conversation and experiential practices and this one specifically around embodied leadership mastery and everything that, you know, breaking that down. Mm -hmm. um, the podcast is about to go live and that's also a great space to explore. Um, I think my website will have, should have pretty up-to-date 
you know, my offers or what's coming down the pike. Love that. Um, Amazing. I do well, have is social it media to... handles, but you know, yeah. We'll say, is it safe to say we can just go to ajasummers.com, A-J-A-Y-A-S-O-M-M-E-R-S.com. I'm sure we'll have the hubs to all of your programs, all that kind of stuff. Check it out if you want to explore more of this stuff. And then also if you wanted to look a little bit into the um, pilot study and some of the stuff that's in there, uh, some of the, yeah, it was it was fun just reading through some of the um, different facets of your work on, on your site. So thank you so much for sharing. This has been so amazing. I'm just going to really quickly have a conversation with our friend listening right now. And I just want to say you could be so many different places. You could be listening to so many different podcasts. You could be doing so many different things, but you chose to listen and hang out with us today and spend time in this conversation. And for that, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for your presence. I'm grateful for your attention. And if you're still listening right now, that means that you've found some value in this. You found something that could completely transform the way that you operate, whether it's connecting deeper with your body, or maybe it's integrating some of those stories, or maybe it's just understanding the different ways that we can understand those different centers of our body and tap into more of a flow state or coherence. The reason why I love podcasting so much is because it's completely transformed my life. And um, I'm just, I know that every single one of these conversations holds something and there's something in here that that can really transform someone. So whether, whether you choose to share this or not, I would encourage you to, because you have the capacity to change someone's life by just sharing something you never know. So whether you do that or not, I appreciate you so much for listening. And Ajaya, any final things you want to say before we head off today? I just ditto everything you said. I'm super grateful for your attention and your questions, Brandon, and for all of the listeners. I do hope you got some value out of our sharing today. And it's just an honor to meet you and be with you, Brandon. Your total joy and pleasure and um, <laughs> blessings on your new one coming in and getting to start a family. That's so exciting. Amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And we'll be talking to you very soon, my friend. Well, that is officially a wrap on another episode of Beyond Curious. So depending on how long you've been listening to the show, you may or may not know this, but for the first about 140 guests on the show, I used to ask a really simple question at the end, and that was, what does happiness mean to you today? And for the longest time, what I wanted to do was dig back through all those answers and compile an episode where I put together all the best responses to that question back to back to back. And obviously that would take a lot of work and editing on my team's part, but I knew it would be good and I wanted to use it for something special and I didn't know what I wanted to use it for. But now I finally figured out what I want to use it for. So I would love for you to get access to the episode. It is so good and you will hear perspectives on happiness from a Zen master, seventh degree black belt, a decorated air fighter pilot, and even the man who invented the cell phone in one of my favorite episodes that I've never released and will never release officially publicly on the podcast. And all I'm asking in, in return to get this episode is just a few minutes of your time to complete a short survey that will help me to improve Beyond Curious for you in 2024 and beyond and your feedback will help shape the future of the show so i'm super excited for this but all you need to do is head to bfo.ng slash survey in whatever browser you use that's bfo.ng slash survey also have it linked up in the episode description fill out the survey you'll immediately get access to this bonus episode and two other incredible app bonuses that uh, will show up immediately after you finish filling out the survey so whether you choose to do that or not thank you so much for hanging out on today's episode and we'll see you soon.